Welcome again, everyone, to the Two Toms Talk and Travel podcast. We are the official travel experts here in Podcast Town. And if you don't believe us, just ask the mayor. Ready to get down to business and talk some travel, Tom? And let's do it. Hello, everyone. Not the Two Toms Talk and Travel. Back at Back it. Back again. Hey, you know what? This is my happy place. You know what? You said that on the way in. I thought about it on the way driving here. Like, you know what? I truly uh, look forward to uh, my time getting together, doing a little talking, a little podcasting with my podcast brother. It's always great to greet you in the parking lot, coffee shop or lobby, whenever. And because, you know what, no matter what's weighing on my mind, by the time we sit down at the podcast studio here, things just kind of ease away for a while and we get to just... I feel the same way. It's like an escape from our reality. It is. But yet completely wrapped in our reality. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right? Oh my God, that's too much for my brain to handle this morning. So yeah, talking about escaping from reality... As all of you guys know, we do tend to travel from time to time, which is good, right? Otherwise, right, we're bookending escaping yeah, and travel right now. Why would you right listen to us if we weren't traveling? But... Right. Let me tell you about changing your oil. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So yeah, we want to talk a little bit today about a little, some of our travel adventures, kind of give you some travel updates, what's out there, what's cooking. It's funny because every time we get back, uh, this is episode 498, I think. It is. We've been here for like three years. Right. And I think ever since episode 11, we've been talking about Europe opening. So (laughs) every every show, it gets a little bit closer or whatnot, but a lot's still changing in the travel industry. We're going to tell you a little bit about our experiences and where Tom was going with that and the escaping reality. Tom, you look good. You look like you got color. You look like- I've been working out. I didn't mean that. I just meant your color look good. No, I'm only kidding. (laughs) <laughs> well, usually when I go on trips, it's funny. Like I bring a swimsuit, but I don't often use it. You like to swim naked, our, huh? Our business trips. Oh, there's an image. No, our business trips don't always lend themselves to that. Or like when the other people are in the pool, I'm in my room working. Right. But that's not me. I need to take time, jump in the pool, jump in the ocean, whatever it is. But since we last talked, I have been on two trips. I was in Punta Cana for the Appalachia Group Vacations top agent trip. Or one of them. Excuse me. Top agents. Well, you're a topper, a higher agent. Well, excuse me again then. You're the next level. But anyways, we're at the Dreams Royal Beach and the Sea Control Beach, which is this totally renovated resort in Punta Cana. Is that where I'm going? You're my travel agent. You take such good care of me. I'm not going to know what to do without you when I I go. I do not know where you're going. Would you get on that, please? (laughs) It was a big improvement. It was a big improvement over the what that product was. Over traveling with me? I mean, it was a big improvement. You didn't have to babysit me. Is that what you're saying? I kind of enjoy that. It gives me like a purpose in life. Amen, brother. So it was good. Yeah. So that was a good trip. I definitely would recommend that resort. The way that it's set up, I think works very well. One of those resorts with the adult side and the family side, so it works well. Is there a golf course? There's not a golf course attached to that one. Did you play golf? I did not. But there's plenty of golf courses there in Punta Cana for sure. And then most recently, I had the chance to go down to Riviera Maya for the launch of a promotion with one of our resort partners, AM Resort. So I stayed at the super swank Zoetry La Bonita. Wait, stop. Say it one more time and say it slow. Super swank. No, no, no. The name of the hotel. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. It is the Zoetry La Bonita or Paraiso La Bonita. That's fun. And so it was a hundred rooms, super boutique. Throughout the resort, it was like an art exhibit. They had all of these paintings, these original paintings from this Mexican artist named Luis Sotil. Just really, really cool. So it was a fun vibe. I was only there for two days, but... If you're looking at anniversary, you're looking at a honeymoon, big birthday trip for that demographic, really come out of that with kind of a recharge. Cool. Really great food too. 
I thought the food was super good. So yeah, and how about you? What is your passport going to be oh, My put passport, no, not for a little while. Or your government-issued ID? My government-issued ID, my vaccination paperwork, my online vaccination paperwork, all those wonderful things is going to be put to work because in the next four or five days, I'm heading west. I'm going to Hawaii. Wow. Which island are you going to again? We're going to fly into Maui, do five nights in Maui. Then we're going to zip off to Kauai, do five nights in Kauai, and come back. It's my 30th wedding anniversary, and I'm hoping I don't screw it up between now and the next four or five days. I think if I screw it up, she may still go on the trip with yes, me. for sure. I just will have to deal with it when I get back. Wow, 30 years for you guys. Congrats. Thank you. I'm a lucky guy. I mean, yeah. I'm all the way around. I'll leave it at that. I'm very lucky. Right. So, but yeah, I'm heading off to Hawaii. I haven't been there in 34 years. Yep. And Monica's never been. My wife has never been That's to Hawaii. That's amazing that in all that time. Exactly. No and Hawaii it really trips. has. We've always seemed when we do long distance journeys, it's always been heading east over to Europe, over to Europe. We do a lot of Europe. And she said it. She's like, I've never been to Hawaii. I'm like, okay, 30th anniversary, we're going to do it. And that was, you know, 27 years, uh, 28 years, never really thinking 30 would get here. And here it is. I had to pony up and, and yeah. book the trip. So I'm ecstatic. I can't tell you how thrilled I am in the next show we get together. Maybe we'll bring Monica on and let her talk about her first time experience in Hawaii. Yeah, that'd be great. But what I do want to say that I've learned besides all the paperwork and vaccinations that need to be done and provided and presented to get into Hawaii is that the biggest thing I can tell you listeners out there about Hawaii is if you're going, the demand there is so high right now. I had to book my dinner reservations for the restaurants I wanted seven weeks in advance. And even all the restaurants then were not available. So the 10 days I'm in Hawaii, I got dinner reservations only three nights. With excursions in Maui and Kauai, if you want to do those, I started booking those four weeks in advance. And even at that, I still didn't get every excursion that I wanted to. So I'm on a limited dining plan. I'm on a limited excursion plan. So Monica and I plan on doing a lot of hiking in between. That's really good advice. Just kind of circling back to that, your Hawaii experience, circling back to my Punta Cana and my Cancun Riviera Maya experience. With things heating up from a demand perspective, as consumers, if you're thinking about a trip, if it's something that you had planned to do last year, it got canceled, whatever it might be, if you're even considering it, I would highly, highly recommend to start now. Pre-show, we talked a little bit about spring break for next year. And normally, the spring break group travelers, you know, the high school seniors, primarily when we talk about spring break, that's what families, we Families, yep. Yeah, it's not a busload of maniacs showing up. That's not allowed. But families, for sure. But normally, we'd start that process maybe September People start getting serious about it when the kids go back to school, but we're already in the midst of it now. And there's a little bit of uh, anxiety out there. And it's not just on the travel agents end because we know what we're seeing and up against. But I think the consumers are so well prepared for this that we're getting so many calls for spring break of next year. And of course, airline flights don't usually come out unless it's a charter carrier till a year, 330 days in advance. So now what we're doing is we're locking down hotels, get the contracts in place, get the room allotment. When the airfare gets released, add on to it. But yeah, the demand for 2022 spring break. Yeah, it's going to be big. So, well, a lot of people have missed two years now. They had to cancel in 20, didn't feel 100% comfortable this year. And so in 2022, they're definitely planning on making that happen. So let me ask you a question. Sure. What's your feeling about Q3 2021, July, August, September timeframe for sun and fun destinations. What are you seeing out there right now as far as availability, pricing? I mean, I think a lot of people seem to have this feeling or they've had in the past that there's going to be great deals out there and nobody's really traveling. I can 
take my time book and stuff. But I know we talked about 2022, but what's your feeling about 2021? I think this summer is going to be busy. I think that the prices may not be bargain basement discount like people expect because demand is so high. So I would say that number one thing that's happening too is that there is a lot of last minute people that are booking much closer in. And so that impacts things a little bit. But I would say that summer could be busy from the standpoint of people wanting to get away to the beach, people wanting to take trips that they hadn't planned. Hawaii is a great example. I was working on some Hawaii quotes yesterday for July. And you're right, the prices are higher. And so there might be a little bit of a sticker shock out there. And I think the airlines specifically, they're so sophisticated from their revenue management standpoint, how they analyze demand and how they price and how they use all those different fare classes and so forth. I think the airlines are looking at an opportunity to say, hey, you know what, how do we maximize this? That's their job. They're a business. They're out there to make money. So from my standpoint, I think it's going to be busy. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think what's kind of interesting, we were able to take advantage of the first four months of 2021 of people traveling last minute, like you said, and getting some great deals, some absolute phenomenal deals because they're just reintroducing travel to people again. I think, like you said, midsummer and on, it's going to be busy. It's going to be more expensive. Then when Europe starts opening up and other parts of the world start opening up, we're going to see that little wave early on in the summer to probably early fall where there's going to be some great airfares over to Europe. There's going to be some really good pricing, some flexibility, I would say. But again, I think what's going to happen is after a set date, and again, the domestic carriers are lucky because a lot of those European and international airlines, they had to give up their international routes because they didn't get funded and they didn't get any money from their governments like we did. So many of them are sitting not necessarily sure what they're going to do. The domestic carriers are able to pick up those routes, which is great because then they can pick up incremental money that they hadn't had in the past. But then you're going to see that after that September, October, in that timeframe, prices are going to start going up. Then you get the November, December, January, which is really kind of off season for Europe. Those prices are going to come back down a little bit. And then I think you're going to see after March and April of 2022, prices to Europe are going to be really high. Everything is going to be very, very high. So I'm hoping everybody that's listening got some government money that they can yeah. just throw on top of what they would normally they, uh, spend for vacation and take advantage of it. Because I don't think that is going to last just till the end of 2022. I think pricing is going to be high for the next couple of years. Yeah. Hopefully uh, everyone has their travel savings account. Like a lot of my clients take two, three trips a year. And so... Just have the mindset out there. Don't necessarily get discouraged. I, obviously, everybody has a budget. Everyone has financial considerations for their travel. We certainly understand that. But don't be surprised if the prices are a little bit higher than what you've paid in the past. Don't use the, well, we went in 2018 and we paid X and how come it's 25% higher now? Just know that the travel industry in airlines, resorts, everyone's taken a giant financial hit. And they're looking for ways to obviously to recoup some of that. And it's a supply and demand equation. That's how it works. Exactly. And it's one of those things where it's ebb and flow, ebb and flow. It's okay. Guess what? Prices are more expensive now. It'll come down again and it'll go up again. I mean, when you traditionally look at the cost of an airline ticket, I know if you were looking at Chicago to Los Angeles, if you were going to fly Chicago to LA right now, probably starts at $350. Okay. 25 years ago, it might've been 375 400. So, I mean, really the change is very minimal on airline ticket pricing and things or items. And you got to put it in context that for over the long haul, it's like stocks, they go up, they go down. And you know what, if you're the type of person, it's like, screw it, I'm not going because it's expensive. Great. Just know it's going to come down. But 
you know what? Are you ready to sacrifice your vacation one more year right. and not necessarily know when? Exactly. Or are you ready to jump in, get it locked, get it booked? And again, this is where you get a good quality travel agent to work for you because you know what? I know so many people and God bless them. A travel agent is not necessarily for them. You know what I mean? I've always said that there's certain people that just shouldn't use a travel agent. And from a travel agent standpoint, there's certain people I don't want to work with. That's it. But if you're one of the people that's constantly managing and watching the orbits, Travelocity, Expedia's, the Kai, everything and man, you know, back and forth for two months to get the best value of vacation, that's a lot of work you're putting in. You go to a travel agent, travel agent's going to say, you know what? This is really the best value that's out there now without micromanaging or minimizing everything and breaking it all apart and putting it back together. If you work with a good travel agent, you walk in, you say, this is what we want. They give you a price. Travel agent's going to say, you know what? I personally think this is what you should pay for this trip. Or you know what? If I were you, I'd wait a little bit. Okay. And then what happens is that travel agent takes a risk and they might get burned. But again, it goes back to, do you ever get pissed off at your stockbroker? Because he's like, I would wait a little bit. And then all of a sudden the market changes and you're like, shoot, I should have jumped in. But it's just the importance of using a professional. I agree. Yeah, no, the planning ahead, using a professional agent that has great insights, having some flexibility in your travel dates. That's key. If you can leave on a Tuesday and come back on a Saturday or go Tuesday to Tuesday, whatever, you're going to find lower prices than if you're going on prime time departure dates. And so one of the things from our standpoint is we do a lot of searches, right? We look at a lot of different variations, combinations. We get insights from our suppliers about what's on sale or where the deal opportunities are. Sometimes there's promo codes that we can use. So please just keep that in mind because it might be tougher than what you'd expected. And in some ways, we all knew this was coming. And especially after, it's sort of like uh, drinking out of a fire hose <laughs> after the last year of the drought. Right Now it's like drinking out of a fire hose, right? So, but we can manage through it. And when the cruises come online, as we've talked about in the past, all the cruise products are now kind of in a testing phase and a preparation phase for resumption of their service. Thanks for coming to my interview, Tom. I feel like I'm interviewing you today. I don't mind that. I like that. That's right. We've talked about the experience we've had with traveling. I don't necessarily know the government or the CDC has done a great job explaining changes or different policies that have been put in place over time. But what would you tell your customers that they should expect for future travel? So if they're going to travel September, October, what do you think they should expect? How has the world of travel changed in the last year? Well, from the travel restriction standpoint, Correct. it's a moving target every single day in terms of how the CDC is recommending or restricting the travel requirements. I think that we're seeing a gradual loosening of some of the requirements related to, obviously, the restart of Europe or the restart of cruises, which that's a positive. The big question is going to be how is being vaccinated or not vaccinated going to impact you and what's going to be required there? And what's going to be the benefits or advantages of that? Because right now, there isn't very many. I'm double vaxxed, and yet I still have to have a negative COVID test to get back into the U.S., which that seems a little as we talked ridiculous. about, makes no sense. I mean, you're already on an airplane full of people that have tested negative at the resort before they left. The good news about that is all the statistics we continue to see in that regard is that the number of people testing positive at the resorts is really, really small. But by the same token, hey, why, if I'm double vaxxed, do I need to have a negative test before I get on that airplane to come up? So we'll watch for changes on that because I think that that's an important aspect of people's ability to travel 
with confidence and travel without a lot of hassle. So, so yeah, we'll talk about that. And because it's a moving target, I'm going to go back to my soapbox. You want to use your travel agent, a local travel agent that's got skin in the game on your vacation. So remember that. Yeah. So in our past episodes, we've talked a lot about how to travel, like how to be thoughtful, how to be considerate. Your favorite term is don't be the ugly American, right? Don't be the ugly American, man. Even in America, don't be the ugly American. Right. One of the things that we didn't quite promo in the beginning, but we're super excited because on today's show, we have a really awesome guest. We have our old friend, a past travel coworker of ours, Greg Takahara from Tourism Cares. He's their CEO and Tourism Cares is an organization that promotes and fosters responsible and sustainable tourism across a broad range of topics. So we are so excited today that we have Greg Takahara joining us. So we want to jump off and get Greg involved. Let's see what he's got to say. And see what Greg has to you say. You know what? I know we're going to feel like we're better people when it's done. I know. And we should, yeah. And if we don't. And we talked about this. All of us could do such a better job at this. And Greg's going to help us get inspired with that. So we're pleased to have Greg Takahara joining us today. Who is flying this plane? I'll be experiencing some So we are very excited and lucky today to have with us an awesome guest, someone that Tom and I have known for a long time, back to our Mark Travel days, and really someone that's doing some really, really amazing and thoughtful and important work out there. We have Greg Takahara, who is the CEO of Tourism Cares. Welcome, Greg. How are you today? Welcome. Great. I'm well, thank you. And great to see uh, the two Toms together. Yeah, no doubt. We lost count of the shows, but we so much enjoy doing this and we've been working hard to bring our listeners, consumers out there. I think it originated with two times drinking. Yeah, yeah, two times having cocktails. But in the past episodes, Tom and I have not specifically talked about this topic, so it's great that you're here. But we have talked about some of the peripheral things about the importance of being thoughtful in your travel. And we wanted to really bring you in and talk about from your standpoint, what does Tourism Cares means to you and to consumers? And how can we be better advocates for Tourism Cares and and kind of help people understand what the mission is, what the opportunities are, and how they can incorporate that into their travel? Sure. Well, first of all, welcome to all those joining the podcast. And it's great that you're reaching out to the consumers and the travelers, because I think what is important, especially in this day and age, is that we try to create a positive impact throughout the entire supply chain. And that can be funneled through or initiated by the traveler, by the consumer, as well as it can be for the great companies of our travel industry bringing these things to the consumer. So those things can work both ways, but it it always starts with demand. And when you reference responsible, meaningful travel, We feel that there's a strong groundswell in terms of travelers looking to travel more meaningfully, more responsibly. And that means having immersive local cultural experiences that are deep and rich. It's sure, it means checking off your bucket list and going to great places like Machu Picchu. But what about going off of the Inca Trail? What about spending time in local communities? What about ensuring that your money stays in those local communities and are supporting those local communities? What about how you're traveling and are you carrying a reusable water bottle instead of being on a tour where there's single-use plastics that obviously end up on some wonderful beach in Bali or something like that? We've all seen the pictures and they're horrific. And 
everybody thinks that those issues are bigger than all of us, but I think we have to think about all of us individually and then think about the exponential effect that we all can have when we work together to try to create a strong impact. And that starts with, as I mentioned, I think in our call the other day, it starts with travelers' desires. Travelers' desires start from conversations that they have at their dinner table. A lot of times now, the younger generation is the one really propelling us to think differently to think more responsibly. And they're saying, hey, let's make sure that we go on vacation. We think about the hotels that we stay in. Are they recycling? Are they not using single-use plastics? Are they sourcing from local communities? Are they farm to table? Those types of things, when they start asking questions, when the consumer starts asking questions, that elevates the demand And then it requires those within the supply chain to respond accordingly. And I think that's when we create a ripple effect that really starts to have a real positive effect on the world that we live in. It's interesting because prior to COVID, I mean, we started seeing the transition of what our consumers were looking to experience on their trips and travel. And it started changing. It started getting more into that local experience. It started people wanted to get off the beaten path a little bit more. And traditional travel agents sometimes are stuck in the mode of, hey, here's the box tour, take this. Here's the box tour, take this. We started developing relationships with companies such as Intrepid. Intrepid Travel has a great program that we've used, Intrepid Foundation. And it like was an eye-opener for us is that a company like that, who is so bent and set on using local restaurants, locally owned hotels, you know the money is going into the community. I mean, they have locals involved in your tourism through visits to their home, through the tour leaders are all local. I mean, it was such a great experience for us to start really embracing that type of tour company and getting our customers introduced to it. And then COVID hit. And it allowed, I think, a lot of people to kind of get their mindset of, hey, I want something different. I want something more authentic. And it's just really, I'm so excited about here we are moving forward with the different companies and experiences that Lamakia Travel is able to offer their clients through a lot of what you just said, Greg. Yeah. And you raise a really great example, Intrepid Travel. I mean, they are a company that we reference frequently as being at the top of their game, as you mentioned, Tom. But I think what's really impressive about an Intrepid is the fact that they're a certified B Corp. So they have made a commitment to uphold a certain amount of sustainability standards within their operations. They go through an annual audit and scoring every year that they have to meet certain criteria. But the best thing about the B Corp community is they all share resources with each other. And when you start to see competition come out of the equation and collaboration come into the equation, that's when it becomes really powerful. And I think what's so great about a company like Intrepid is they're not standing out there saying, oh, book us, we're so unique. Yeah, they do have that audience, right? But they'd love nothing else than to see the entire industry change. And they are going to reach out and help even their competitors to say, If we can help you get to the place that we're at, then we're doing the right thing. And that's what this is all about. And I think that's what is one of the greatest impressions that I get about where we're going directionally as an industry. We haven't really had the client that 
there's a couple different types of clients. You got clients go on vacation, really don't care about much of anything. They don't care what the sustainability or what the green policies are at that hotel. Then you have the clients that are like, hey, it makes me feel a little bit warm and fuzzy that I'm staying at a place that got rid of single use plastics, knowing that their sustainability program. Then you have the client that's, hey, I'm only traveling specifically for this type of green vacation or this eco experience. And to me, it's a great thing for us to be able to introduce to that. I don't really care clients a little bit more of a conscientious thing because we feel it just rolls and pays forward. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that really impressed me, Greg, and that Tom and I talked about is really just the scope of what tourism cares, interest, involvement, in terms of the overall stewardship of how we're looking at this. It's not a single issue. It's not just over tourism. It's not just pollution. It's diversity. It's climate change. Human trafficking. It just, it blows my what mind. What you guys are doing, and this goes to our listeners to say, hey, you know what? There's an issue for everyone. What's your passion? What's your interest? What do you want to support? And from the standpoint of what you guys are bringing, there's so much there under that umbrella that I thought was extremely impressive. A quick question for you, Greg, is behind the scenes, tourism cares. You mentioned a lot. I mean, you gave us a great description, but I mean, really on a day-to-day thing, what are you guys doing to care (laughs) for a lack of a better question? Well, we're doing so many different things, which is great. And I think to your point, what you were saying, Tom, about the umbrella being so large, I mean, you look at the United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals. These are goals that were initially created with a deadline of 2030. And my gosh, 2030 is nine years away. And that's a lot of work to do in nine years. 17 particular goals that span everything from poverty to reduced inequalities to, like you said, the green side of sustainability, water conservation and climate control and climate action, but also sustainable communities and the like. So What we're doing is we're doing a lot of pivoting right now. I mean, when we set up a program like we have in Lake Tahoe set for May of next year, it has a lot of our legacy elements, which is a volunteer event. So if you're a member, it's first come, first serve in terms of registration for members. And then they get to join us in Lake Tahoe, learn about what that community is doing to combat the challenges that they have relative to climate action, to lake conservation, to dealing with the wildfires there, dealing with over-tourism pre-pandemic, and learn the lessons, but also kind of take part and work next to their fellow travel industry professionals. And relative to the consumer, we just opened up a professional individual membership for $99 that allows really anyone who maybe not even in the travel industry, who's just simply interested because of their love travel to get more involved with Tourism Cares. So we're doing a lot of pivoting, but typically our work is always done through collaboration. We're working through many different sectors of the industry. We have 160 members that span really every single segmentation of the industry. We work with connections. So when we talk about our events, bringing the people together, and then we talk about educating. So we spend part of our time educating them about the issues and bringing forth best practices that are being offered up by that local community so that other local communities can learn how to take advantage of that as well, too, or how travel companies can operationalize sustainability. We look very much for strong calls to action, like typically in our last day, after the people have 
received some education and gotten rolled up their sleeves and gotten their hands dirty a bit, then it's a matter of like, what are you going to take back? What kind of call to action are you going to make when you go back home? So that's typically our work, but we work on the educational side. We just launched our, our brand new marketing refresh. So if you look at our website, it's all brand new and you can go to places like our meaningful travel platform and learn more about responsible and meaningful travel. And that's when you open up chapters on issues, just like you were saying, Tom, about that range from human trafficking to the more simpler as we started the conversation about us not being the ugly American, and you hate to say it that way, but we talked about it more from the standpoint of, in our previous session, about just thinking about it in terms of being a good guest when you're invited into somebody's home. That's just really as simple as it gets. Anytime you're invited, I'm invited to your home for a dinner, I'd like to know, is there an occasion? Is it because of somebody's birthday? Should I bring a gift? When I come to your house, should I take my shoes off? Those are just simplistic thinking around what we do when we come to somebody else's home. And I think when we think about going to another country or another community, we need to integrate some of that thinking into our mindset. And that will help us just to be better stewards, better global citizens who travel. I think that when we look at this, one of the silver linings as we come out of COVID is that we have the chance to do things differently. We don't have to go back to the new normal. I mean, the old normal. Can't go yeah. back to the new normal, or, right? You know, no, go back to the old <laughs> okay. normal. Sorry. Like, oh, is there a normal I missed? Did I miss Sorry, I was thinking about my next thought. No, because I'm really <laughs> super inspired by this. And what you guys are doing is such amazing work. And one thing I just want to make sure that we talk about for our audience, for the people that are listening to this podcast, they can get involved. This is not just for travel agents. This isn't a travel industry thing. Anyone can be part of this. So Greg, could you just tell us if someone wants to learn more about the events, someone wants to become a member, how do they go about doing that? Well, as I mentioned, they can come to our website, www.tourismcares.org. And like I said, if you're interested in joining as a professional member, it's $99. But there's all sorts of resources, all sorts of information on our website about our summits. So we're going to be in Lake Tahoe in May of 2022. We're going to be in Victoria. British Columbia in October of 2022. We're going to be holding some upcoming webinars that are going to be focusing on various aspects of sustainability or in various aspects of exactly what we're talking about, being a more responsible global citizen. And the other thing you know, that I would say is just, I love to come back to Milwaukee every year. And, and I think since my Mark Travel days, I've been back almost every year and gone to Summerfest and things like that. And, and I think that it's all about the people. It's all about the community there. So when you think about it in terms of a commercial aspect of travel and tourism, what drives the repeat traveler? What keeps them coming back? And it's the touch points that they have with local communities. It's the touch points that they have with the culture they fall in love with a place and they learn so much about the history. And that's what drives them to say, I'm going to keep going back. And that's what we see with our clients. That is exactly true. I mean, more and more of those clients that are like, when they have that true authentic experience, that's what brings them back every yep. time. Absolutely. So Greg Takahara, we could spend a long time 
this is a, like an introduction in my mind. Yeah, we don't want to blow our listeners' minds too much. Yeah, I think there's an opportunity for us really to have some drill down to talk about yeah. what are some key areas, what's the low-hanging fruit that we in the travel industry community or our listeners, what's the low-hanging fruit where if you wanted to make an immediate difference today, what would you do? I'm buying a spork so yeah, I can have my spoon and fork with me in my backpack so I don't have yeah. that big salt pepper baggie with yeah. me at the airport when I need a piece of pizza or something. And everybody should travel with a Yeti because number <laughs> one, it's a big cup for your, so you can have a giant cocktail, not a small one. We really sound like the bottom of the sustainable world with this conversation, but it's that first step. It's that first step to getting bigger exactly. and better. Well, so. Greg, thank you so much. You're awesome. We love seeing you again. Well, thank you for having me. And anytime, I'll be happy to come back. And it's been a real pleasure to re-engage. And I think if I, I leave the audience with anything, it's when we talk about sustainability, we always say, make it personal. And when you start to think that your first steps don't matter, think about you and everybody else that you know taking first steps and start to think about how that builds momentum and how that works exponentially. I mean, if we can all start to take first steps, and I think even myself, I've had to go through my own personal sustainability journey. It's great to talk about sustainability, but when you really feel it from a personal standpoint, and I said, well, how am I going to do that? And I looked at my own financial portfolio and said, I'm going to move a good percentage of my fund to SCI funds, which are socially responsible funds. That's a great first step. There's all types of things. You know, people are getting interested in electric cars. So there's all types of things, whether it's just the single use plastics or whether it's just starting with your own little personal missions and then have that gravitate into your business, how you operationalize sustainability into your practices, your travel practices, how you make your plan for your next trip, it'll become easier when it's really personal. Right. Excellent. And Tom and I, we're making a joke about the first step, but it is little things like that. A ripple becomes a wave. Yep. And I'm inspired to do more just talking with you and the, getting the insights and education and just a better understanding of all the things that you're doing and how we as agents and we as consumers can help. I think is something really, really important to focus on. So thanks for bringing it to the two Toms and we're going to get it out to the masses. We will. So we will have you back for sure. So Greg Takahara, CEO of Tourism Cares, thank you so much for joining the two Toms Talk and Travel today. Great. Thanks and take care, guys. Be good. Thank you. What a great interview with Greg Takahara. All week, I've been looking forward to getting together and being able to talk to him because it is such a great topic and is something that I'm really starting to embrace more and more. And I'm not disappointed. I knew that at the end of the interview, I was going to feel motivated to be a better person, to be more green, more sustainable, and it did not disappoint. I am going to be walking out of here feeling really good about yeah. what I'm going to do moving forward and pushing that message forward to our clients. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is just being mindful. It's being thoughtful. And by no means have I achieved anything in this regard, but we should be more focused on it. We have the chance to be more focused on it. And someone like Greg, who's leading the charge, who's providing a platform to do that, we should take advantage of that. Absolutely. He's doing all the work. All we have to do is make our small contribution like he talked about. Make a ripple, make your first step, even if it is a spork or a, a spork. Yeti, right? Hey, you know what? It's a start, right. right? And who knows where it goes from there? Maybe you take it up to the next level. and Oh, I'm absolutely taking it to the next level. I'm bringing my game up. I think we can really help to educate people. And I'm going to put it to the test in Hawaii, to tell you the yeah. truth. I am going to feel really horrible if I have to use, I'm sure I'll have to use at some point a single 
use item, but I'm really going to put forth the effort and be conscious of what I leave behind on such a beautiful island or islands. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, well, more to come on this topic. Like we said, we could have Greg come back and talk about some of these individual issues. If this is something that you're passionate about, please check out the Tourism Cares website, share this podcast with friends and neighbors and coworkers that you know have an interest and a passion for sustainable and responsible tourism and help us amplify that message. So thank you all so very much. Do you think people get offended when I use the phrase, don't be an ugly American? I don't think so. I think people understand what that means. And I 100% agree that if you don't acknowledge that behavior is wrong, then it just continues to manifest itself. Yes. So. Well, don't be an ugly American, everybody. Thanks yeah. for tuning in to Two Times Talk and Travel again. Thanks to Greg Takahara from Tourism Cares. It was a great and very insightful and more motivational show. I'm Tom Carnes from Lamakia Travel. And I'm Tom Brousseau from Sensational Beach Vacations. Be good, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>